0: BELONG, BECOME, BELIEVE. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas Podcast. The message for July tenth, twenty 2022 is a little bit different. We have guest speaker Christina Williams from Circles NWA giving our lesson today. The location is Vespers Point, Mount Sequoia, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. You can find out more about Circles at circlesnwa.org.
1: If you ask us what we believe, we talk about what we practice here. Because we believe that the the greatest evidence or the greatest exegesis of Scripture is a people who live it out. Not what they say, but what they do. We've been studying, those of you who are visiting, we've been studying through the book of Mark, and we've been studying this particular section that kicks off with the disciples arguing over who's going to be first, who's going to be the greatest. And then Jesus gives these parables and he gives these interactions and he gives these things that we've been studying over the past few weeks. And then it culminates with this passage that we're in this week, where Jesus looks and he says, those of you who would be leaders must be the servants of all. Great, right? Right. <laughs> Easy to do. Gotcha, Jesus. Except we live in this world that applauds the famous, applauds the hero, applauds the one on top, not the servant. And so over the course of the weeks as we've been studying this and then being friends with TJ and and catching up with him recently and, and having been intrigued with what circles do, um, I thought here is a here is a prime example of what I think scripture is saying. So instead of me getting up on a Sunday again and telling you what I think about this, what I'm hoping is that you will see it this morning. Is that you will you will see you will see what this scripture looks like. And Christina Williams is going to come up come on up Christina. Um I have a particular affinity for TJ and, and Christina growing up in this community, who have parents who are somewhat notable figures in the community. Um, I know for our kids, it was really tough at times. They would go out and they go, oh, you're John and Jane's daughter, or parents. Yeah, or to them, you're, you're, you're John and Jane's daughter with that. And, uh, and now it's gotten to the point where I go out and they go, oh, you're Hope's dad. Um, and I think that's what's happening with Christina now, Is like, instead of it being about Henry and Cindy and that, it's like, oh, you're Christina's parents, right? So I like that. I think that's a good thing for us as a community to see the leadership uh, passing off to our kids. So with that, um, come share with us, Christina.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. To be honest, when I was first told about this, I thought I was just coming to share with you guys about Circles and what we do. But after TJ and John met, They said that I'm going to be preaching the whole sermon, so here I am, and I am really thankful that you guys would invite me to preach here, and so thank you so much for having me. The passage I've been assigned today is Mark 10, 35-45, so let me take a minute to read that to you. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said, "'Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask.' He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Permit one of us to sit at your right hand and the other at your left in, glory, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I experience? They said to him, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I experience. But to sit in my right or my left is not mine to give. It is for those for whom it has been prepared. Now when the other ten heard this, they became angry with James and John. Jesus called them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those in high positions use their authority over them. But it is not this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to, serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." So I want to start by telling you all one of my biggest pet peeves, the humble brag. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We all do it. It's all over social media. I just did a quick search on Facebook and here are some of the examples of posts that came up. I feel so humbled and honored to be one of six candidates selected for the top leaders to watch group this year. I am truly humbled and honored to be named the champion of learning this year. It is with great gratitude that I accept this award. I just passed my exam. I feel so humbled and honored to be part of this amazing profession. I am honored and humbled to receive my party's nomination for county judge. Thank you voters for coming out. But what does it actually mean to be humbled? It means embarrassed overlooked, forgotten, lost, failed, humiliated, ashamed, powerless, to find out that you are not as important or special as you thought you might be, to be brought low. So then why do we use this word in circumstances where we've had success or where we've achieved something significant? what these people are actually saying when they say they've been humbled and honored is actually quite the opposite. They're proud and I'm even saying in this like negative prideful kind of way, but they're proud of something that they've done. They're proud because someone, they or someone in their life has been lifted up, has been honored. They've been recognized. They've been given esteem, not brought low. I think we know that humility is a virtue in the Christian life. And so using the word humbled allows us to present that way. It allows us to avoid this perception of pride and it checks the box for what the church expects of us. But in doing so, I think it exposes us that we are no different from the disciples in this story. And showing that we have a real inability to understand what Jesus is saying here. So let's look at today's passage. Here we have two disciples, James and John, and and they approach Jesus. They go up to him, not with a question, but with a demand. They say, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That's bold. And so Jesus looks at them and he says, okay, what do you want? <clears throat> and they say to him, when you receive all your glory, Jesus, we want the best seats. We want the ones right next to you, on your right and on your left. And Jesus looks at them and he says, I don't think you know what you're asking for. Will you be able to drink the cup I drink or be baptiz- baptized with the baptism that I'm going to experience. In other words, can you take on this suffering that I'm about to take on? And he's been telling them over and over again that he's going to suffer and die. But I picture James and John like nodding in unison, like, yes, Jesus, yes, we can. (laughs) And, And Jesus is basically like, oh, okay, great, you can. In fact, you will take on this suffering, but you can't have these seeds. They're already taken and it, it's not really up to me anyway <laughs> and i laugh because it's like jesus is this little like psyche, like <laughs> like God. glad to hear you're willing to take on this suffering but you still can't have these seats <clears throat> and and this whole exchange makes the other disciples angry and so jesus gathers them up for a talk <clears throat> and he says to them do you see how all these rulers do it out there in their kingdoms Those leading our government, those in leadership and high positions of authority, they have the power. They get to set the rules and make the orders. They get to decide how the money is spent. And they don't hide it. They lord it over you. They pursue and they display the highest places of honor. So from what I understand, you all have been in the book of Mark for several weeks now, And I would suggest that there is a common point that Jesus is trying to get across to his followers. And it's this, everyone around you will always be racing for the top, for that seat of honor, for that position of power. But that's not how it'll be with you. You go the opposite way, you race for the bottom. Over and over again, he's been telling them this. In Mark 9, when the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest, Jesus says, whoever wants to be first must be least of all and the servant of all. In Mark 10, he tells us we must become like little children, those without any status and power if we want to enter the kingdom. And later in Mark 10, he says, many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And now this passage, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be slave of all. So over and over again, Jesus is telling them that the top is the bottom and those at the bottom will be lifted up in the kingdom. And does this surprise us at all? I mean, Jesus, don't we see him hanging around with people at the bottom? those without the money, those without the resources and the power and the connections. Howard Thurman was a theologian and civil rights leader and a mentor to Dr. Martin Luther Luther King, Jr. And he wrote a wonderful book called Jesus and the Disinherited. And in this book, he talks about what Jesus has to say to those who stand with their backs against the wall. And I love that phrase because Jesus really does have a lot to say to those whose backs are against the wall. He continually refers to them as blessed. Blessed when they're poor and don't have the money to afford basic necessities. Blessed when they're hungry and are unable to put food on the table. Blessed when another loved one is unjustly killed and they weep and they mourn. And blessed when they are scorned and forgotten and embarrassed and overlooked and humiliated. Because blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, blessed are those with their backs against the wall, because theirs is the kingdom. The kingdom is not at the top, and Jesus asks us to give up this pursuit. He asks us to give up this pursuit of power and to leverage the power that we do have, that we have been given for those with their backs against the wall. Now, I don't know about you, but I have not found a place in the American church where they've given us a practical way to live this out. But I've been on a mission to figure it out. TJ and I have spent the last decade trying to learn from people who experience hardship and injustice in our community. We spent a lot of time eating with people at soup kitchens and community meals, going through the line with people instead of standing on the other side, serving the meal. My friends and I spent years going to one of the local strip clubs in Fayetteville, bringing coffee each month just to get to know the women there. They ended up calling us the latte ladies. (laughs) and we've had people into our homes and become built real friendships with people who have had very different lived experiences than we've had here in northwest arkansas and we became frustrated with what we were seeing happen in our community so much of the work that's being done is what i would call poverty management work we were not seeing our friends and our community members be able to move up and out of poverty. You know, We wanna see poverty ended, not just managed. So why are we spending so much time just managing poverty? And we realized most poverty alleviation work has been dictated and designed by people at the top. People with the money, and the resources with the influence, the status, people who often haven't experienced poverty themselves. So we need to flip the script. And what I've come to believe is that we need to be led by those who experience the bottom, those who have had to navigate the criminal justice system, who haven't been able to make rent. Those who know the ins and outs of Medicaid and subsidized housing and all the different government assistance programs. Those who have real insight and experience into what the problems are and how they can be remedied. And that is what we're doing at Circles. At Circles, we flip the traditional mentorship model on its head. We work with low-income individuals and families who are ready and willing to pursue upward mobility. Our program participants are called circle leaders, and they're positioned as leaders in the process. They're leaders in their own lives, they're leaders in circles, and they're becoming the leaders that our community needs if we really wanna see solutions to poverty in Northwest Arkansas. Our circle leaders are matched with two to three volunteer allies. Our allies are typically from middle to upper income backgrounds and they commit to each other for a minimum of 18 months. The allies come alongside the circle leader as they're working to set goals to increase their income, pursue new jobs and careers, build their social capital, and get more connected into the community. The allies are not there to lead. They may know a decision isn't good. They may think they know the best way to do something, but we ask them to hold back. We ask them to listen first and to learn a new perspective, to follow someone else's leadership. I love how one of our allies described leadership in circles. He said, it's leadership with a twist. And he said he has come to see that his circle leader is truly someone worth following. We know the value of social capital in circles. Who you know matters, right? It's how we get access to jobs and opportunities and resources. You know, you use your social capital when you give your resume to your friend who has an uncle that works in that company that you want to work for and ask her to give pass your resume along. And you use your social capital when you've been trying to get those medical records from the front office to no avail. And so you finally call up your friend who sits on the board of the hospital and they get it taken care of like that. (laughs) And you even use your social capital when you've had a hard day and you just call up a friend because you need to vent. And if you are from a middle or upper income background, you likely have a lot of social capital. A powerful resource that you can use and leverage for the good of others. At Circles, we see the power of social capital at work every day. One of our amazing circle leaders recently bought her first house back in December, and her allies were there to help her navigate the process. They were there when when her realtor was leading her to buy a lemon of a house. They stepped in and said, you know you can change realtors. And when she was moving from a small apartment to a three-bedroom house, they rallied their social networks together to help furnish her new house and we love it when groups and circles hang out outside of program time one of our circles groups went to a house show that one of the allies was playing in one of our groups went to a play at theater square together and recently a group went camping and kayaking together And it really is a beautiful thing to watch these relationships grow. Our circle leaders help us see how we can actually address some of these bigger problems in our community, these bigger barriers that keep people stuck. One of our circle leaders, she's actually here today, uh, she's leading a movement right now at her apartment complex to address poor rental conditions that the tenants are facing okay sewage has been backing up in these apartments in the tubs and the sinks there's mold growing inside and outside of these apartments the electrical outlets don't work some apartments only have one working electrical outlet right now this was on channel five back in may they're highlighting these problems and how the management was not doing anything about them but and, and still they've been unwilling to fix things And they've even started threatening to evict people who are speaking out. And unfortunately, Arkansas has some of the worst protections for renters, as in we really don't have any. Uh, So there's no minimum habitability. There's no minimum standards for what landlords have to provide for their tenants. And they can evict them just kind of at will but because our circle leader is leading this, we are seeing things happen. (laughs) She's using her social capital because she personally knows the residents there. And for the last two weeks, she's been going door to door, knocking, getting people to open their doors and allow her and some other people to document what's going on there. And rally them to action. And so, Through leveraging our social capital and connections, we've gotten the city involved through filing a code complaint. We talked to city council member, state representatives, and even the media. And I'm really jazzed about this because just two days ago, the city came out to the apartment complex, and they found that the management was covering up issues and lying. I mean, the management literally dug up and, and hid all the sewage right before the city came out. But they discovered that they were just covering it up. And now the city is on it. And in fact, they said the state of Arkansas plumbing inspector and the building safety director are personally coming out to inspect their progress tomorrow. So what we're experiencing right now At Circles is a group of very different people coming together across income and socioeconomic lines with each of us using our strengths and leveraging our connections to break down the barriers and see justice, see things made right in our community. So Circles is one place where I believe we can live out this Jesus value of the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's a tangible way for us to lower ourselves and lift up those who get overlooked and devalued in society, and to follow those who have never really been considered leaders before. What Jesus is preaching is antithetical to the way our society works. The disciples even struggled to get it, even though he was standing there face to face with them, saying it over and over again. You know, there's no shame for those who have found themselves in places of honor and influence, You know, if your life has been such that you are sitting at the right or the left. But we're not meant to clutch to power. We do not have to pretend to be humbled all the while we're being honored. You know, it may cost us something, but we can leverage that power for the good of others. And we can give up our seats at the top so we can make space for a new generation of leaders who know what it's like to have their backs against the wall and allow them to show us where to go. So now I was invited here to share about Circles, and so we do have a table over there with more information about our program and what we're doing. Um, Right now, we are recruiting for volunteer allies for our next cohort that starts this fall. We've been doing interviews for Circle Leaders the last two weeks, and we have some amazing Circle Leaders that are going to be coming into the program. And so they will be matched with two to three volunteer allies. So we're looking for people that want to be in that role and have a long-term relationship with someone. We also look for uh, teams and people that want to cook or provide meals for our weekly gatherings. Um, We have had some groups from Grace Church come out and provide very delicious meals for us. Um, And so we would love to get more people involved that way. And then we also have a children's program that's part of Circles the children of both our circle leaders and allies get to come together during that program time and get to learn a lot of the things that their parents are also learning. Um, So we would love to have people involved in that way. Um, So come over and see us at the end of the service if you want to learn more information. So I want to end with a Franciscan blessing from the Book of Common Prayer. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that you may wish for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world, so that you can do what others claim cannot be done.
1: Thank you. I love it. I love her seeing her mom preach an incredible sermon, Um, but more than a sermon. Y'all look, I look around here at us. I think we all have a lot of desire in this area. I think we've always wanted to do something, but when it comes down to it, we really, we either don't know how or we're not, we just don't make time for it, right? Like, like we want it, we do. The, the, the wanting is not the problem, it's, it's the acting on it. It's putting feet to it. And I'm, I mean, I'm so convicted sitting here listening, because yes, I resonate with the want. But then when I examine my life, I go, what have I done about it? How have I done that? Now look, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. Except this. We We have included their website with all our communication this week. They have phenomenal resources there. I was particularly impressed that In this place where there's such political polarization on the national level, they give us very concrete things to do on the local level. There is incredible information there on our county, city, state elected officials and how we can influence policy there. We can do that, y'all. We need to consider this as a community, so thank you. We also need to consider this as individuals where we're supposed to be involved with that moving forward. So we'll be talking about this as we, as we move forward. Thank you so much. Um, this is our time now where we, we kind of move into transition. Like I said, if you're not familiar with grace, our practices, um, don't believe the person just because they have the microphone, like (laughs) figure it out, go really chew on it. If you need to at this time, If you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking something or a thought that's come up, write it down during this time of reflection. Uh, We also take communion together here. This This is one way we can put feet to our faith is to come up around this table. This table is specifically made to represent the kingdom of God. What was, what is, and what is to come represents the trinity and the rootedness of the kingdom all in one table. And that table is open to everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.